This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Empire. Tracking data is finding its way into the betting markets. Yeah, I think what we've seen um, recently is the proliferation of data moving out towards more of the general fan and more of the general public audience member. Um, and broadcasters, operators uh, are looking to capitalize on that knowledge that the fan has um, and create new experience against the new types of data that are coming into play, like the fire tracking data. That's Mark Silver, Executive Vice President of Product and Sports Performance at Sport Radar, where the information is getting more and more individualized. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. We have profiled Sport Radar on the show before, but the check-in was warranted as they are growing by leaps and bounds in regard to what kind of data they are collecting and how it's being used. Our guest this week is Mark Silver. He's the Executive Vice President of Product and Sports Performance at Sport Radar, which is the leading global sports technology company creating immersive experiences for sports fans and betters. We're going to talk a lot about tracking technology that Sport Radar is reimagining. Hey, Mark, how are you? Doing well. Thank you for having me today, Bram. Uh, let's talk about Sport Radar just for a moment broadly before we get into specifically why you're here, which is a lot of new tracking data technology that's being utilized in the NBA. Um, what does Sport Radar kind of broadly do? Yeah, so Sport Radar is a company um, we're uniquely positioned in the intersection of sports, media, and betting. Um, we're an industry-leading data and technology provider that leverages uh, data partnerships around the world to create immersive experiences for fans and bettors. Um, and we help aid leagues and federations with increasing engagement um, to their fan base and also improving the product on the court through uh, a suite of league and team-oriented products. Okay. Uh, we have part. Yep. Go ahead. Keep going. Sorry. No, I was going to say we have partnerships around the world, um, including uh, major leagues like the NBA, MLB, NHL, NASCAR, and U.S. Soccer. Um, and from a client perspective, count the likes of DraftKings, Caesars, BetMGM, Fox Sports, um, CBS, Meta, Apple as clients utilizing our data as products and services on a daily basis. So things have clearly changed in the betting landscape. And as broadcasters, and I'm a professional broadcaster, I've seen the incorporation of all the information through the years. Can you kind of take us through what you've seen as the beginning of and now, I guess, I don't know if maturation is the right word, but how things are changing within what broadcasters want to utilize, what teams want to know about, what betters want uh, from all of this information? Yeah, I think what we've seen um, recently is the proliferation of data moving out towards more of the general fan and more of the general public audience member. Um, and broadcasters, operators uh, are looking to capitalize on that knowledge that the fan has um, and create new experience against the new types of data that are coming into play, like the player tracking data. 
Um, so you have a really nice intersection of all these things happening at the one time. And at the same time, betting as general is growing within the U.S., um, given the, the uh, continuing growth within a state-by-state basis. And so broadcasters see, um, obviously, new potential revenue streams, but also new ways to create these immersive experience for fans that bring them closer into the game and also potentially opens up the, the opportunity um, from a betting standpoint to uh, offer more products and more ways for that fan to engage with the sport. Um, and in that inherently comes more fans that are attracted to what's happening. Um, when you say create new experiences, um, what do you mean by that? Like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you mean when you say you're creating new experiences? for yeah, the fans? I think, I think some of it, you see the broadcasters themselves creating different ways to present the product. So you've seen, um, uh, new broadcast and television shows purely based on the betting angle. And with that comes new ways to frame what you're seeing within the game. That's on the screen that may um, elicit and be a call to action to potentially engage with what's happening in the game. So the broadcasters themselves are finding a, a new way to present the, the product. And then that starts expanding out when you get to with this new type of data of other ways that you can do it that have nothing to do with betting. So We've seen some of the leagues take on virtualizations and, and a kid-focused broadcast to try huh. to bring new fans into the game, completely unrelated to betting, but a whole new way to experience a football game. So you saw the NFL do Nickelodeon. You've seen the NHL do Big City Green. These are all different ways to present the same game we've all been watching for tens uh, and if not hundreds of years now, um, but really in, in a really um, interesting uh, new dynamic. Uh, as this technology continues to unfold. You know, it's interesting because I was, I saw the Nickelodeon thing. I saw the Toy Story game that they did from London, which I thought was really amazing that they were able to turn those plays around. And I know everybody was asking, how did they do that? This is tracking technology. Is that what you're saying? That they were able to use the tracking technology to turn the animation around? That's exactly right. So it, it is all different forms of tracking technology and tracking can come in a variety of different ways, right? So optical is the one that we're now using in the NBA. So that's a, right, a multi-camera system that's tracking every action on the floor. Um, and that is done through 14 plus cameras at 60 frames per second. And it's terabytes of data per game. Um, and that's what's called an optical solution. You also had infrared solutions where there's chips on a player that's an infrared little emitter and they can track the players that way. And then you have RFID, another wearable uh, way to do player tracking. So all of those are different ways to source the data. But in the end, they all inherently produce the same thing, which are XYZ coordinates for every player playing whatever game they're playing, as well as the puck ball. Um, and so that you know where that player is at any given time. And then what really comes into play is the turning that into sports-specific events. So there's one thing just to know what where the players are, where the ball or puck is, and how that's moving. It's another then to take all of those coordinates and, again, terabytes of information and say that was a pick and roll in basketball or that was a shot. And so it, it's, a, it, it's something that we're working very closely on right now from the derived metric standpoint, which is how do you take this wealth of information and we're already seeing the creation of virtualization and recreations of the game, yeah. but then also apply that to actual analytics and derived metrics that can be used by 
all the different uh, customers that we have across our, our business. Okay. Um, l- let me just go through the technology first, and then we'll ask about the turnaround time, um, which we've seen it, we've seen in real time with the Toy Story example, where they took tracking technology and literally turned it into animation minutes, seconds to minutes later, which was amazing. We're also talking about trying to turn around information and send it to a viewer to engage them in certain ways, which I'll ask you about in a, in a moment. Um, but let's just talk about the technology for a moment. You're tracking 29 different points on players' bodies, specifically in this NBA example. Um, what does that do for Sport Radar by tracking 29 different points on a player's body in real time? Yeah, so the... the system that's being used in the NBA is a Hawkeye system that has and is generating the 29 different points in real time, sub-second latency. Those 29 different points are things like your arms, your wrists, your hands, your feet, um, your center of mass, which is like where your, your center of your body is at any given time. We then pull that raw information into um, an AI-led tech stack pipeline. And that's where we start making inferencing and, and analysis on that. So if you think of what does that unlock um, outside of the virtualization where we can actually recreate um, and you can see how a specific player style translates into an animation, that's, that's new. That has never been done before outside of very uh, uh, sessions where you see like in the motion tracking and the players, they're wearing little dots all over their body. That's all inherently to recreate the same thing, which is tracking limbs and tracking the body in space. This is happening on the court without any dots on the body. And so when you feel, think about the application of that, um, you now know when a player is playing defense, whether they're actually contesting a shot. Because previously in some of these older tracking systems, you would know where that player is, but you had no idea where their hands were. And, and I like to use the Mark Jackson example, because if you're a an NBA fan that have watched broadcast in the past, you, you've heard him with his uh, 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 hand down, man down statement. Yeah, This tracking data actually lets us see that. You can see if the hand is down on a shot contest <laughs> or if it's up actually guarding guarding the player. So I, I've sort of hijacked that a little bit as I've been trying to explain to, to more and more people how the body pose information, which is those 29 tracking points we're getting out of that system, and then that we're using to actually um, create specific basketball um, events or knowledge. That's the best one because people know that saying, and and it's very easy to understand. There's a there's a fundamental difference if you're standing in front of someone just standing there, or if your hand is up trying to block that shot. Yeah, uh, you gave the example to us about closeouts, and you can get a better point of view of the actual closeout using data and recreation here. It has it's it's quite amazing that it turns around that quickly. Yeah, and one of the things that we've been able to do is leverage our internal AI pipeline to actually process a lot of different things that are happening within that same time period and then connect the dots so that we can actually say what is happening so quickly. Um, So it's a lot of concurrent models and algorithms running simultaneously that are coming together in real time to then produce that outcome that we can then provide to teams um, or to media members or eventually in in the betting space. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Let me stay on the technology for a moment. Um, how are the cameras positioned to be certain to have the shots of the players and have the dots? This is real-time sports. These are big-time athletes. They move very fast. There's a lot of traffic. There's a lot of people out there. How does the technology work to be precise? Yeah, that, that's a great question. So one of the things that you touched on is what we call occlusion, right? Which where you have players stacked behind each other. And if you only have one vantage point of a single camera, you can't really tell who is who and, and you can't see behind the players. And so this system um, that's been put in place by Hawkeye is a 14 camera system. And each camera sort of intersects from opposite sides of the, the court. So you know how all these basketball arenas, they're gigantic arenas, and it's really a big ring around a rectangular court um, in basketball. In that ring, um, sort of within like the club section and upper deck that you would notice, these cameras are strategically placed, all 14 of them, to have a full coverage from either direction so that when they get stitched together and when this raw data of that XYZ coordinates I was referring to gets generated, they're able to see every part of the court and very able to see very detailed parts of that. So they, they also know not only where all the different not 29 points are for all 10 players at any given time at 60 frames per second, they also understand the context of the court lines. So where the baseline is, where the sideline is, where half court is, the three-point line. And again, that allows us um, to derive additional metrics around not only what is happening, but where it's happening in relation to any point within the court. Um, are you supplying this information to the teams? Are they are they getting this data as well? Because it seems like it could be advantageous in scouting that if you're going to supply this type of information to them. It is. And, and scouting is actually the team services through our Synergy product line is the first place we're actually utilizing um, this new data set. Uh, the, the really exciting part on the tracking is the NBA has been in the tracking space for a little while. The original system that came out many years ago is actually based on missile technology and defense systems. So it's oh. really um, a really cool technology when it started. What we're doing now um, with the partnership with the NBA is that data has become infinitely more precise. We have added and they have added the body element of it, so the limbs and the speed. And so what we're doing is taking that and now in real time providing those derived metrics like pick and rolls and isolations and post-ups as they're occurring within 30 seconds of latency. Um, a team can actually access that data what player was involved in it, both offensively and defensively, um, how successful they've been. Um, and this is real time in the game and then connected all back to video and through all these video workflows. Additionally, it, it is an unbelievable tool um, to scout your opponents um, and understand what you do well and don't do well as a individual player or as a team, because a lot of what comes out of this data is tendencies. And you can see how often you're doing something um, or not often and how good or bad you're doing on that. And the tool then and the product that we've built is taking that all into a platform that we've had that have used manual logging techniques in the past for 85,000 games and creating a singular um, front end that coaches across the NBA and scouts have been using for 20 years now, but providing this extra layer of tracking data at a depth and speed that we cannot do manually. It's amazing technology, and obviously it's Pandora's box. It's been opened. It's not going to be shut. I do wonder what the players think about it, just because, uh, geez, if I was an agent, I, I'm not sure I – some some of this stuff I'd want to know, and some of it I'm not sure I'd want 
the teams to know. So I like I could see this is going to change the dynamics of interactions between players and their teams as well. But I mean, again, like I know this isn't your problem. You guys are just creating the technology, but it does open up a, a various view, a, a different level of viewpoint into player performance for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I think where the industry and where sport is at large in that conversation, because it has been one that has um, evolved over time and players for the most part now are on board that this is more of a benefit to them um, versus potentially data that can be used against them, right? And that's always the fear when you have, from a player's perspective or a player union's perspective, when we have a new type of data um, that can analyze deeper, how is that going to be used against me, right? That, that's a, a very valid fear. But the the, op, the opportunity it provides for players and the benefit, um, that conversation has sort of slowed down. It's always a consideration uh, for those players. But the players love this. Um, for the, hmm. By and large, you will see players engaging in this type of data to understand what they do better. Um, and there's examples historically, even before the player tracking stuff, but uh, ultimately inclusive of it, where players like to go out and see what their next opponent likes to do or doesn't like to do. Yeah. And the ones that are really good at processing and understanding that and then making it an actionable um, data point that they can drive to the court and use. Those those ones tend to those players tend to do very well there. Um, conversely, if you're uh, if you're a team, one of your main goals is how do I communicate this information to players? Because it's just so much, right? We're talking terabytes of data yes. in a single game. How do we make that digestible for a player who, in the flow of a game, you can't tell them, "Hey, only dribble twice before you take your jump shot." Like that, that's just impractical, right? No one can actually process that. So a huge part of what we're trying to do is make the information actionable so that you can actually explore and discover this versus having to know what you're looking for and then make it easy to communicate that through different UI elements so that players can the player can look at it and actually understand what we're trying to communicate. Okay. So all of that stuff, um, scouting, self-scouting, team performance, player performance, all useful here. We've already talked about that this stuff can be turned around and used for animations and recreations very quickly. Let's talk about the betting element for a moment. You're going to get a tremendous amount of information in real time that you're trying to turn around very quickly um, into engagement in literal broadcasts in mid-game. Um, how are you guys thinking about getting all this information quickly and turning it around in a decipherable way to get into a broadcast? Yeah, I, I think that's the, the next exciting step for us. Um, and we're already working with our partner operators and with the leagues that we work with to create these new products and new markets within, uh, within that business line. So it's, um, it's an area that we feel is going to grow uh, very quickly in, in the space and one that we're in a position to uh, really capitalize on and make products that our operators and partners can use um, in engaging the fans and in the, the betting marketplace. Okay. Um, so what's next here? I mean, you've changed this system. You've got this, is this it? Or what are we looking at? If I had this conversation with you three to five years, what's the technology going to look like then? Yeah, I think, I think well, a couple of things, right? One of the things we'll see is scale in the next three to five years. So when we talk about this player tracking technology and the virtualization experiences we've already touched on, um, we're talking about the NFL, we're talking about the NBA, the NHL, we're seeing it in the major European soccer markets. We see it with MLB with their stack cast product. 
it's still the very, very top layer of sport that has access to this type of technology that provides this level of detail, accuracy, quality, and speed. And so what I think, and, and you see with most technology products, is we'll see a greater proliferation of the technology where the cost goes down, but you can maintain a lot of the speed, accuracy, quality. Um, and when we're able to do that, then these experiences open up for um, potentially college sports as the next frontier. Um, and eventually you'll see this down in youth sports with automated um, broadcast and automated stack uh, detection. Mm. Um, and so it won't be far-fetched in five years that right your 12-year-old son or daughter is out playing and you're getting maybe not the same data, but a similar set of data derived huh. automatically through computer vision and AI technology. Um, so I think scale is one area we'll see. And, and the other is, you heard me mention that this original player tracking optical system, the first incarnation when it came out was based on a, a missile tracking technology. Yeah. If you think about what's happening in AI and CB in general, there's a host of ways that um, AI is looking to decipher what's happening in the world. A good example of that is self-driving cars. Right, those car systems. If you've noticed, there's tons of sensors and different cameras and things on cars now. Um, and when you get into the self-driving car, you have lidar systems and radar systems and sensors. All that is trying to visualize what's happening in front of it. And at its core, player track, player track, excuse me, player tracking technology, whether it be optical or through chips or infrared, is trying to decipher what human beings are doing in a specified area. And so I think what we'll see is actually new technologies being created in other sectors and industries coming into sport and being utilized in a way that actually unlocks even newer experiences, faster data um, and richer, deeper data. Mark Silver is the executive vice president of product and sports performance at Sport Radar. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bram. Very much appreciate it. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein.